On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla's Q3 delivery numbers are in and the results may surprise you. Plus, the Tesla Semi may have been spotted ahead of its now delayed unveiling. More Model 3 reservation holders may get the full federal tax credit and much more. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Welcome to episode number 114 of Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla unofficial podcast for October 8th, 2017. I'm joined uh, just behind me on the floor with my new co-host I introduced you to last week, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. She's squeaking a chew toy, or she was a second ago. We'll see if you end up hearing her, uh, which will be even more likely now due to this new microphone that I uh, whipped out last week thanks to uh, my wife for getting this for me as a as a birthday present. Most of the feedback on this microphone, well, all of it's appreciated. Most people seem to like it or feel pretty neutral about it. Uh, I want to keep tweaking it. There's that squeaky toy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems I, that was my take on it uh, with this mic. Is it seemed like it, it lacked a little bit of richness and depth to it that uh, that I had before. So I'm going to keep trying with this and uh, keep tweaking in Audacity, which is the, the software I use to record and edit the podcast. Anyway, I also wanted to, to shout out a few people. Uh, a few of you wrote to me in response to a comment I made last week about my desire to have a high power wall connector when I get my Tesla, primarily for the convenience of having the cords all nice and tidy on the wall and not having to take the universal mobile connector that, that comes with the car in and out of the trunk or frunk every single day to plug in uh, and, and uh, you know, plug in and out of, of my Model 3 when it arrives. And a, a, a few folks mentioning to me that Tesla sells a $25 cable organizer that, that effectively does the same thing. It mounts up on your wall and you can use it with the universal mobile connector and have that plugged into your NEMA 1450 outlet uh, or whatever outlet you're using, whatever adapter you've got on your, your uh, outlet, your, your cord. And then that tidies your cable, keeps it off the floor, has it uh, you know, nice, and you can just plug it right into your car just with the same functionality, the same convenience functionality as the high power wall connector. So uh, thank you to the fo those folks that, that uh, mentioned that because $25 sounds a whole lot better than $500. Now, of course, there are still use cases for the, the, that $500 high power wall connector. There's certainly the matter of if you want to be able to charge faster than the 31 or so miles per hour that the uh, universal mobile connector will give you with a NEMA 1450 circuit. Uh, there's also the fact that for that $500, you have your choice with a high power wall connector of either an eight foot cable or a 24 foot cable for the same price. So depending on your charge, your parking configuration, your garage configuration, that 24 feet might be super, super beneficial to you. But regardless, uh, that $25 cable organizer, that's a great tip. Thanks to those of you who sent it in. And I'm sure that is going to be of use to a number of you. 
So let's move on with the Tesla news this week. I'll tell you, it was uh, shaping up to be a, you know, a so-so week, totally, you know, fine, nothing, nothing major. But as the week went on, as the recording time for this week's show got closer and closer, I found myself adding more and more to my notes because uh, Elon was very active on Twitter. A lot happened in the back half of this week, uh, and we'll get to all of it here. It is October now, of course. So that means that the first Model 3 deliveries for non-Tesla employees should be starting up soon. So uh, unsurprisingly, that's on a lot of folks' minds. Elon spoke to this this week, which uh, we're going to hear from uh, him. Well, not directly, but uh, I've got a quote from him in a bit. But I want to start with a phone call on this topic from Matt in New York asking about the Model 3 production ramp. So Matt, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Matt from New York, big time fan of the podcast. Uh, wanted to ask about Model 3 production ramp. Uh, I've seen various data points, different places on the internet, uh, where people are trying to speculate uh, how much progress has been made on the Model 3 production. Seems to be somewhere in the order of several hundred to maybe a thousand or more cars. Um, but different sources say different things. And I think a lot of your listeners would be uh, curious to know if you have any thoughts on how it's going, uh, if you have uh, any data points you think are more reliable or less reliable. Uh, and both investors in the company and people who are reservation holders of Model 3 um, are probably thinking about what are the best early indicators on how the production ramp is going and when they might get their cars. Thanks so much. Curious to hear your thoughts. Bye. Well, thank you for the call, Matt. And that is indeed the uh, biggest topic of the week, Tesla releasing their Q3 delivery numbers. And the Model 3 deliveries were well under their forecast, but the news is better with the SNX. So let's start with the Model 3. Tesla stating that only 260 Model 3s were produced with 220 of those being delivered. They said, quote, Model 3 production was less than anticipated due to production bottlenecks. Although the vast majority of manufacturing subsystems at both our California car plant and our Nevada Gigafactory are able to operate at high rate, a handful have taken longer to activate than expected. End quote. I am not bothered by this. Uh, and much to my pleasant surprise, neither was Wall Street. I was keeping an eye on the stock situation after that. Though, I mean, as I've said before, I know next to nothing about the stock market. Never take stock tips from me. I will not offer them. <laughs> I don't pretend to know anything. But I have been watching Tesla and Tesla stock long enough to generally see how Wall Street tends to react to Tesla news. I thought for sure that the stock was going to take a big hit after that because, you know, Wall Street is very... Uh, focused, I don't want to say obsessed necessarily, but they're, they're very keyed in on the Model 3 as the future driver of the company, the future key to profitability, which it is. Uh, now, uh, I, as I said, I, I thought the stock would, would take a big hit this week, and it didn't, although at least fortunately, I didn't think it deserved to, so it was nice to see that it didn't. Although maybe I mean, investors had already beat it up a bit because it, it had slid for about the last week plus, almost two weeks, possibly in anticipation 
of poor Q3 results, or maybe investors actually saw the big picture with Tesla for once, which they're not always super good about. Regardless, I don't think that this is a big deal, because specifically because it's exactly what Elon prepared us for. He said multiple times that the production curve, that S-curve of production, that it would be difficult and it would be unpredictable. He warned us that any little thing could and probably would go wrong. And guess what? Here we are exactly where that scenario has happened. Now, if Tesla is still in the same position in a month or so from now, then I think there'll be a reason to be more significantly concerned. Because remember that this is uncharted territory for Tesla that they are about to sail into. They have never produced on the scale that they're insisting that they're going to get to this year, even though it's likely that this year means the final week or two of the year period, you know, the weeks 51 and 52. But still, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I'm certainly not pushing any panic buttons yet in the Model 3 department. And fortunately, it seems like no one else really is either, which is nice. Uh, on this exact note, by the way, Fred Lambert from Electrek, uh, who obviously I have a ton of respect for, I read Electrek on a regular basis. He had an exchange with Elon about this on Twitter, where Elon says, quote, we are deep in production hell. And then he also later said, literally every day makes a big difference, end quote, in the production ramp. Fred then asked, if customer deliveries would still start in October. And after a bit of an exchange, Elon said, assume the worst uh, as far as, you know, how to interpret where things are. So I think, you know, Elon is trying to play down expectations right now. So we'll see how things go. And if, if some of you out there are going to get your car in the next 30 days or so, um, again, I, I think there's no reason to push any panic buttons yet. This is exactly where, uh, where we, we expected we might end up, and we are. Now, on the plus side, here's the good news, and this may be why Wall Street didn't super panic about this. The S and the X are riding high. This is from Tesla's Q3 announcement. They say, quote, in Q3, Tesla delivered 26,150 vehicles, of which 14,065 were Model S, 11,865 were Model X, and 220 were Model 3. This was our all-time best quarter for Model S and X deliveries, representing a 4.5% increase over Q3 of last year, Q3 2016, uh, which was their previous best quarter, and a 17.7% increase over Q2 2017, in other words, last quarter. They continue saying, we had previously indicated that second half Model S and X deliveries would likely exceed first half deliveries of 47,077, but we now expect to exceed that by several thousand vehicles. In total, we expect to deliver about 100,000 Model S and X vehicles in 2017, which would be a 31% increase over 2016. In addition to Q3 deliveries, about 4,820 Model S and X vehicles were in transit to customers at the end of the quarter. These will be counted as deliveries in Q4 2017. So there you have it. The Model S continues to crush it, just eating competitors' lunches left and right. And 
This also tells me that the Model X is really humming along now, leaving its build issues behind seemingly for good. Because this was, if you look at it, this was almost a 50-50 mix. It was a 46% Model X, 54% Model S. Because remember, uh, it, th that number has been... The ratio has been getting more and more even. You know, it was it was two to one S to X for a while, and it's been creeping closer and closer to 50-50, and here we are uh, just about there. And that's, by the way, the 50-50 is, is what I always thought Model X would be prior to its launch and prior to it having so many issues that needed to be worked through from a production standpoint. And, and on the topic, by the way, of Model S crushing it, Joe from DC, he called in with a theory on how that crushing it may, might continue to remain the case next year in a whole new way. And he ties this in to the uh, possible end of the referral program and certainly the end of the $1,000 off incentive. So let's hear from Joe in DC. Joe, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Joe Edgel here from Emotion Rentals. Just finished listening to the show and specifically noting your comments about the end of the $1,000 referral bonus. And I couldn't help but think that this probably actually portends the new refresh to the Model S that's coming out. If you think about it, when the new refresh with the Model 3 features incorporated into the Model S, like the Univent, I think people are going to be really excited about the new one, and they're going to bust down Tesla's doors to buy new Model S's and trade in their old ones. So Tesla won't have to do anything to goose sales. I think the new design is going to goose sales all they need, and so they can do that and end up making a $1,000 more per car. Pretty smart business decision. Thanks for the great show as always. Keep up the good work and be interested in the thoughts of you and your listeners. Interesting thought, Joe, and it's it's possible we might both be right. A Model S refresh will happen, inevitably. We all know that. If anything, they might need to do it sooner rather than later in order to help really differentiate the S from the 3, because in a lot of ways, the 3 is looking more attractive than the S. I don't want to directly compare them necessarily, but in, in some ways it's kind of warranted. I mean, you can get a 300-plus mile range car for half the price uh, of the S in the form of the 3, and that 3 has got creature comforts like the seat back pockets, the door pockets, the, uh, the coat hooks, the lighted vanity mirrors, these things that sort of little creature comfort, quality of life things that the Model S doesn't have. Now, Tesla did hire the interior design guy from Volvo last year, who is presumably working on this very thing and probably has been since he was hired. I mean, if it does happen fairly soon, that could provide a serious catalyst for Tesla. Maybe their biggest ever, really, for, uh, for helping to drive Model S sales, because they'd have a redesigned S that would generate serious interest from new buyers and from a lot of existing owners wishing to upgrade. They'd have Model X production rolling along with all the bugs finally worked out, and they would have Model 3 production humming at a rate of uh, at least 5,000 per week and rising throughout 2018. That could make the combination of those three things, those three vehicles doing that, that stuff, could make Tesla profitable very, very quickly. So I very much hope you're right, Joe. 
Next on this week's list is uh, Daisy the Boxer does indeed make her voice heard on the floor. She's, she is playing up a storm. It is 10.47 p.m. at night, and she is on fire over there. Anyway, uh, let's, so let's now, let's tie all of this, everything I've been talking about so far, tie it into something that affects a whole lot of us, and that is the remaining availability of the full $7,500 tax credit. Electrek is reporting that, quote, sources familiar with Tesla's North American sales confirmed that Tesla recently reached just over 140,000 cars delivered in the U.S. That's mainly Model S and Model X vehicles with a few Model 3 vehicles, end quote. Now, that's obviously 140,000 lifetime. So you're including a couple of thousand uh, roadsters in there and then all of the U.S. delivered S's and X's in their lifetimes. We're now at 140,000, and obviously the federal tax credit phase-out triggers at 200,000. So that leaves not quite 60,000 cars to go before that phase-out triggers. Tesla said in the report I just gave you uh, before the phone call that they expect to deliver around 25,000 Model S and Model X in Q4 combined. The question is, how many Model 3s can they deliver, not manufacture, deliver in Q4? Remember that they expect to, as I said before, they expect to ramp production to 5,000 cars per week by the end of the year, which we should again, for now, especially given uh, Elon's comments, assume to mean that literal last week of December unless we hear otherwise. And even then, that's just production. That's not deliveries. It takes a good chunk of time for a car to be delivered after it's been produced. So without any Model 3s, that would leave, uh, if we're going by Tesla's own guidance of 25,000 S's and X's, that would leave approximately 35,000 cars to be delivered before that tax credit phase-out triggers. Let's say they can deliver, again, not produce, deliver 15,000 Model 3s in Q4. That would leave us with about 20,000 left to go. Even if you give or take 5,000 there, it means that Tesla may hit it close to the end of Q1. Hopefully, that they're going to, uh, as, as Elon has not so subtly suggested in the past, arrange things so that they hit it on the first day of Q2 2018 in order to give a, a whole lot more people, possibly myself included, the full credit. Now, they, they can't really sit on the Model 3s. If they ma are manufacturing a bunch of Model 3s, they can't really sit on those since those cars are only for the U.S. market. You know, European and Canadian deliveries don't start until the end of 2018 or later. Uh, but they, uh, or I should say it would be harder for them to sit on Model 3s. I guess it's not impossible, but it would be harder for them to sit on those cars. What they could do if they needed to game the, to just game the, the system a little bit. And again, I have every faith that Tesla will, will, will do this if it's, if it's, uh, feasible is maybe they won't deliver very many S's or X's in the U S in Q1 of 2018, they could still deliver them 
so that it looks good to the shareholders, but they just deliver them to non-U.S. markets, to Canada, to Europe, etc. Uh, so that, I mean, that's that would be awesome. Um, because again, it would you know shareholders are happy, and then U.S. customers hoping hoping for that uh, that federal tax credit of the full seventy five hundred dollar availability would be super happy as well. Because I mean, a lot of folks, myself included, thought it was looking like that tax credit phase out was going to trigger in Q1, and it still might. But if it does, that means the full credit would only be available through Q2, and that that may still prove to be the case, as I, as I just said. But, but man, if, if they can game it, if they can set it up so that Q3 deliveries get that full credit as well, then that's, that's really, really good news to folks like me who are waiting on dual motor cars. So obviously, I will be keeping as close an eye on this as I possibly can as time moves forward. Next up, uh, do I have any listeners in Franklin Park, Pennsylvania? If so, I wanted to congratulate you guys because you have the honor of being Tesla's 1,000th supercharging station. And yes, that is station, 1,000th station, not 1,000th charger or 1,000th stall. The total stall count, supercharger stalls, is 6,934, which obviously means that there's an average of approximately seven stalls at any given supercharger on the planet. Electrek notes, quote, Tesla needs to install as many superchargers in just three months, meaning Q4 here, as it did over the first two years of its supercharger network deployment in order to hit the uh, 2017 stated goal for supercharger expansion. Ouch, that is going to be tough. On the plus side, the that whole that stalls per supercharging station average should be going up as the uh, the 40 plus stall mega stations that I've talked about start opening up and. It's good because the general public still asks about this a lot. This is a very, very common topic. It is a frequently asked question. I mean, just, just a couple weeks ago when I was at my big family reunion trip at the New Jersey Shore uh, recently, Tesla, you know, it inevitably came up because I've got my cousin Pat, who we were there for. We were celebrating his 60th birthday. You know, everybody was there in, in honor of him. You know, he's got his Model S and has had it for four gosh, what is he, four and a half years now? And then my cousin, Sean, who I've mentioned, he works at one of the uh, New Jersey stores. And then there's me that's a, obviously a, a maniac super fan on the Model 3 reservation list. So between the three of us and, and the rest of the extended family, the topic did come up. And, and uh, multiple family members, you know, who are intelligent people who, you know, aren't, don't have their heads in the sand as far as current goings on in the world, but they still, they asked me about driving around the country. Like, hey, can you do it? So it's good to see Tesla making inroads on this, but there's there's still plenty of educating to be done here. And the best way to do that is to make the network both ubiquitous and enormous, which hopefully Tesla will be able to do as soon as possible. I got to pick Daisy up. She's, she is <laughs> barking biting me, puppy. She's puppy biting me. All right. Got her in my lap, which is what she wants. Anyway, uh, next on the list this week, get this, 
the Tesla semi-truck prototype may have been photographed uh, and posted publicly. A Reddit user put up a picture of a semi-truck cab being hauled on the flatbed of another semi. And this thing, it sure looks like the Tesla semi based on the silhouette we were given. It's silver and black and it, it totally matches that silhouette teaser image that, that Tesla has officially given out. Now the Reddit poster claims that the image was taken in quote, an undisclosed place in California where they test Tesla vehicles, end quote. So if this is legit, and I'll tell you, I'm inclined to believe it is based on staring at the picture for a while myself, because, uh, you know, think about it. A semi is a lot harder to hide than the prototype of a sedan or an SUV. Then, uh, you know, there's not much to be gleaned from the photo that is out there other than its general appearance, which in my... <laughs> yes, Daisy, come here. Come here, you are... She is a maniac right now. You are shot out of a cannon. Come here. Come here. All right. Anyway, what was I saying? I was talking about the semi. Uh, so yeah, the, the, there's not too much to be gleaned from the photo other than the, the sort of general appearance of the semi, which in my humble opinion, it definitely it looks, and I, I, don't, I mean this in a totally neutral way. I don't mean this in a mean way. I don't mean this in like a super you know, gushing complimentary way. It reminds me of what we would have imagined a semi-truck of the future to look like back in the 90s. That's what this thing looks like to me based on this photograph. Uh, again, I'm not complimenting or criticizing. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you guys. <laughs> if, that, if that description helps, uh, helps you see it in your mind here. Uh, what, what I can tell you about it, again, if this thing is real, it has no visible door handles. And, you know, like, like the other Tesla vehicles, there's certainly nothing protruding out from the body in the door handle department. It's also got no rear view mirrors on the sides of it, which again matches the teaser image. And Elon also tweeted this. He said, semi-specs are better than anything I've seen reported so far. Semi-engineering and design team work is aces, but other needs are greater right now. Uh, you know, I, I just can't wait to see how Tesla presents this thing. And if you're wondering, well, what the heck does he mean by that? Other needs are greater right now. Elon did push back the reveal of the unveiling of the semi-truck. He pushed it back three weeks to November 16th. He, uh, Elon saying, Tesla semi-unveil now November 16th, diverting resources to fix Model 3 bottlenecks and increase battery production for Puerto Rico and other affected areas. Now, one person on Twitter said, said uh, in reply to Elon, referencing the alleged leak I just discussed, the person said, well, we already know what it looks like anyways. To which Elon replied, he actually chose to reply, and he said, or do you, with a question mark. I think he's just trying to throw folks off the scent. I mean, I, I just can't imagine... There's no way that that Reddit image is number one. It can't, it's not fake. There's no way it's a fake. It's a photograph of something. And I can't, nobody's going to go to such insane lengths to stage something like that. So I am very much inclined to believe it was real. They have to take it out and test it somewhere. It, I would have assumed it would be covered when it was being, when it was out on a flatbed being transported somewhere. 
but it seems that uh, it was left out to be to be photographed. At least again, that is that is my opinion on it. I can't. I can neither. I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that it was definitely the actual Tesla semi prototype. But uh, there you go with with Elon delaying the reveal in order to, he mentions Puerto Rico. And so that's actually the final story I wanted to do this week because this came together. This is what I was talking about at the top of the show with, uh, with a lot of things coming together late in the week here for, uh, for show topics. This is a potentially incredible step forward for sustainable energy, which of course is Tesla's whole mission statement, their, their stated purpose and goal. Though, I mean, I, I, I have to approach this with a, a somber tone is required because even if it does happen, it's unfortunately coming on the back of what was a horrific natural disaster in Puerto Rico. But Tesla may be helping to rebuild Puerto Rico's power infrastructure with batteries, with the power packs, uh, possibly with solar infrastructure. We shall see. Uh Check out this exchange on Twitter between Elon and the governor of Puerto Rico, a gentleman by the name of Ricardo Rossello. Elon says, the Tesla team has done this for, he was, by the way, responding to someone saying, hey, could you guys, this was, and this was nobody, this wasn't the governor, this was just a, a person on Twitter saying to Elon, hey, could you guys do Puerto Rico? Could you fix, could you fix it? Could you... Could you power wall and power packify it and solarify it? That's not a word, but I'm going with it anyway. <laughs> and Elon chose to reply and he said, the Tesla team has done this for many smaller islands around the world, but there is no scalability limit. So it can be done for Puerto Rico too. Such a decision would be in the hands of the Puerto Rican government, uh, PUC, which I'm not, I'm honestly not sure what he's referring to there. Uh, any commercial stakeholders, and most importantly, the people of Puerto Rico. And then the governor of Puerto Rico, the aforementioned Ricardo Rossello, replied to Elon on Twitter and said, let's talk. Do you want to show the world the power and scalability of your Tesla technologies? Puerto Rico could be that flagship project. Elon then saying, I would be happy to talk. Hopefully, Tesla can be helpful and then Rossello saying, let's talk today. I will be in touch. I have no doubt Tesla Solar will work with Puerto Rico to globally showcase the power of this technology. And Elon saying, sounds good. I look forward to talking later today. And then afterwards, they did speak. And Governor Rossello tweeting, great initial conversation with Elon Musk tonight. Teams are now talking, exploring opportunities, next steps soon to follow. This is just incredible to see. This is where Twitter can be very much a force for good. Uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of bad things about Twitter and the, the not-so-good sides of it. But boy, look at this. I mean, and this is exactly how it went with, down in Australia, too, with the, the Power Pack project uh, after the blackouts down there in southern Australia. It, this, this all came together on Twitter, and boom, Australia now has... The, the deal happened, and that, that, that whole thing is online. So I would love to see this happen for Puerto Rico. Again, it's, it's a shame that it has to come 
on the back of of a just an, an absolutely devastating tragedy, a a horrible natural disaster. But you know, rebuilding it in a sustainable way is can be a a model for for the world, the entire world. And it's it's obviously it's a good thing for Tesla, but it's a good thing for Puerto Rico. It's a good thing for all of us. If if Puerto Rico becomes you know largely uh, renewable in the energy department, largely sustainable. That's good for the whole world, whether you ever set foot in Puerto Rico, you know, so that's, that's great stuff. I'll be keeping an eye on this and updating you as any public news, uh, surfaces on this. Well, that'll wrap it up for the news this week. As I said, there was a lot to talk about some very interesting, what a diverse group of topics this week. This was a fun one. So let me come right back and do a few calls for you in the ride, the lightning hotline, As usual, some wonderful stuff lined up from you guys. Uh, We'll hear from you right after this. In true puppy fashion, Daisy has gone from 60 to zero. And no doubt in the morning, she'll go from zero to 60. She is voluntarily gone into her crate and has passed out. So uh, I think that's the last we've heard from her on this week's show. As we move to the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is uh, one of my favorite parts of the podcast where I get to hear from you guys with your excellent questions, comments, discussion topics. You can record them on your smartphone using the you know voice memo recorder, whatever recorder you've got built into your phone, and email me the file, teslapodcast at gmail.com. That's the email address to send it to. Or you can use the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is free, it's easy, it's toll-free. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Kevin in Buffalo, who uh, wants to talk a little semi-unveiling, even though that's now been pushed back a bit, as I talked about earlier in the show. Let's hear from Kevin. You're on the air, Kevin. Hi, Ryan. Uh, Kevin here in Buffalo, New York, first-time caller. I've been listening to the podcast about three months now. I absolutely love it. Keep up the good work. Uh, I just had a quick thought about what may be unveiled at the Tesla Semi-Event. Um, after hearing your last podcast and, and all the calls coming in about the version three supercharger, I was wondering if maybe that would be a solution to charging these semis, uh, and also allow faster charging for some of the other vehicles too. So just a thought, love to hear your thoughts on it. Keep up the good work on the podcast. Thanks. That could very well be Kevin though. Remember that the semi almost assuredly has a significantly larger battery pack in it. So it's still going to take some time for that big old thing to recharge, but perhaps you're suggesting that V3 supercharging has been intended for the semi all along, which is a really interesting idea that I like the sound of. It does make sense. So uh, another thing to keep a close eye on as that now November semi unveiling approaches. Let's go next to Mike in Boston, who wants to talk about the infotainment setup in the Model 3. Let's see if I can help Mike. Go ahead, Mike. You're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Mike from Boston. Uh, congratulations on your new pup. That's exciting news. 
Um, my question concerns um, music and entertainment in the Model 3 uh, as it pertains to the current situation in the SNX. You mentioned on your last podcast uh, about Spotify not being an option. Uh, I believe TuneCast is there. My question centers more around the integration with our phones. Um, I know that the upgrade in the 3 gives you two docking stations for phones. Um, I am uh, an iPhone owner. I know you're an Android guy, but maybe we can figure this out together. Um, and I want to know if you have something like Apple Music or Spotify or whatever on your phone, can you play that through the entertainment system similar to what I do now with your podcast um, through Apple's uh, podcast program? So I was just interested in that, and I am bummed about uh, XM Radio as well because I listen to it all the time, um, mostly for sports, and that's a shame that we can't do that in our Model 3s. So anyway, uh, again, thank you so much for answering my previous question about the uh, wheel size on the 3, <coughs> and uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's an awesome podcast. Thanks a lot, and take care. Well, Mike, thank you very much for the kind words on Daisy. Uh, I'm actually an iPhone user, though, and I'm not an Android guy. I'm sorry if I uh, confused anybody at any point along the line, but uh, maybe I didn't touch on this last week, but yes, we should still be able to stream anything from our phones via Bluetooth in the car, which you can also do in an SX or many modern cars. The issue comes from the convenience of that. It is illegal in California to even touch your phone while you're driving. Only hands-free usage is legal. So while we could listen to Spotify or Pandora or SiriusXM via their smartphone app, etc., it's neither convenient nor, again, legal to do so via the phone interface uh, itself in certain places, including right here in Tesla's home state. Now, a while back, and I'm talking probably a couple of years now, Elon said they wanted to, they, you know, they, they intended to have a, a setup where it would clone your phone, your phone screen on the dashboard screen so that basically you'd have a, a, a virtual phone on the giant car screen. That would seemingly solve the problem, but sadly there's been no word on it since Elon originally mentioned it on Twitter. I actually did go ahead, I, you know, as I said, Elon did, did tweet a lot this week, and I happened to be online as some of it was happening. So as I've told you, that's my strategy is to tweet him at, you know, right when I, when I know there's a good chance he's sitting there looking at it when he's just tweeted something. So I did try asking him uh, on Twitter this week, but sadly didn't receive a response back on this one. So I will keep trying because it is... The infotainment thing, you know, it's a it's an important topic in the car. You know, it's you spend a lot of us spend a lot of time in our cars. We want to know what entertainment options we're gonna have in there. So it is uh, it does matter. Okay, got one more call this week. It comes to us from Jonas in Paris, uh, who 
is trying to get his dad to pick up a Tesla. And, but uh, aside from that, has a, has a question that serendipitously happened to, I went from originally taking notes on this to, to some speculation and to directing Jonas to some forum threads. Now, fortunately, by the time I uh, go to record here, I have definitive answers for Jonas, and it is with regard to Model 3 and a tow hitch. So, Jonas, you're on the air. Let's talk about this. Hello, Ryan. Jonas here, calling from Paris. I love the show. Thank you very much for your work. Uh, my question is not about the semi, but it's kind of related. I'm personally waiting for the Model 3 to hit the used market, so quite a few years from now. Meanwhile, I'm trying to convince my dad to buy an S or a 3, and because he's a motorbike rider, I was wondering if the Model 3 will be able to pull a trailer. Is there an indicator to know the impact of the trailer on the car range on Teslas? Like if the car knew the weight of the trailer it's pulling? Thank you for your attention and take care and uh, bonjour d'Europe. Thanks for calling in, Jonas. Now, the Model 3 does not have towing capability. The Model S can do it, but it's kind of unofficial. Tesla doesn't officially support it, but people have done it. Now, with the 3, there's no mention of it on the Model 3 specs and uh, frequently asked questions page right now. And in a recent walkthrough by a Bay Area detailer who is uh, who has a 3 in his shop right now that he's doing some detail work on, there is just no way to hook up a tow hitch. He has confirmed it. In fact, here, I clipped out the portion. This is him crawling under the back of the car to, uh, to sort of definitively answer this once and for all. This is uh, uh, OC detailing. I'll give, give credit to the, uh, to the guy here. So take a listen to this. This car was supposed to be able to tow, I thought. I thought this car was supposed to be able to tow because I could have swore somewhere I heard a rumor that this car was going to have towing abilities. So I looked. And in order to look, I had to get down on the ground and crawl underneath this car. And I'm looking for something here that would signify that there's a place to attach a tow hook here. I did find these panels and popping them off, I discovered two bolts here. Removing the bolts, I discovered they're there to hold this back piece of plastic on. There's nothing under there. So maybe, maybe on a later car, they'll be able to tow stuff, but this one, I don't think so. And as if to put the nail in the coffin on this, Elon did confirm on Twitter after this, someone asked him and uh, snuck in the question and Elon did answer it. Elon confirming no tow hitch on the Model 3. He uh, mentioned that just before I recorded. So thanks, Elon, for, for timing that well for me. In any case, Jonas, best of luck in convincing your dad to get a Tesla. That wraps it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. Uh, I think, let's see, yeah, this, this weekend, hopefully by the time you hear this, I want to get the October episode of the Patreon-exclusive bonus show done, which is where all of the wonderful extra Ride the Lightning hotline calls that I get that I can't get to on the weekly show. Uh, they all go there for monthly Patreon uh, backer consumption. So if you are a $10 or higher uh, Patreon supporter of mine, 
you should check out that extra episode. Let me know if you like it. Let me know. I'm always uh, happy to have your feedback. And if you are not uh, supporting me on Patreon, well, perhaps maybe you'll consider doing so at some point. But anyway, week to week, I love hearing from you in the Ride the Lightning hotline. So please give me a call. If you've got a Tesla question, comment, discussion topic, uh, send it my way. I would love for you to either record your question on your smartphone and then email me the file to teslapodcast at gmail.com or just use the very easy to use toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline that's set up for you. Call in anytime, 24-7, and leave a message. The number there is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with a few parting thoughts for you here right after this. All right, if you enjoy the show on a weekly basis, I would be very grateful for any support you saw fit to uh, throw my way via Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Podcast, you can see what I've got going on over there. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Of course, there are the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks that are supporting me at the $20 level or higher each and every month. I want to say hi then to Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, Harold Plug, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Andreas Cohen, Sean Fournier, and Timothy Hyde. Uh, immaculate reflections. If like me, you are considering or planning for some serious detail work on your model three, when you get it, I'm talking about, uh, whether it's a ceramic coating to protect the finish paint correction, uh, the SunTech or Xpel, you know, the, the clear film wrap, any or all of that stuff, immaculate reflections, uh, is going to be the place you want to check out, particularly if you are in the Bay Area or if you intend on doing factory pickup uh, in Fremont, which is what I am doing. Immaculate Reflections is the Bay Area's premier paint correction and coating specialist. They offer, as I said, paint correction services, new car delivery prep, ceramic coatings, including you may have heard about Seacourt's Finest Reserve. That is the, the sort of thick shell, like clear shell, that uh, ceramic coating that goes on the car to help protect it from rocks and scratches. Uh, Immaculate Reflections, they are in Brentwood, California, not too far from the Tesla factory. Uh, You can find them at irdetailing.com. Alternatively, or I should say, and or Yelp and Instagram at Immaculate underscore Reflections. They've got 16 years of experience. So check out Immaculate Reflections if you are, if you want to keep that Model 3, that Tesla, whatever you're buying, or maybe the car you already have, you want to get it all the paint finish all cleaned up nice and neat. Uh, referral code. Again, this month is it for the $1,000 off discount. So if you are planning on purchasing a Model S or Model X, this month and the, the remainder of this month alone, you can get $1,000 off of that vehicle as well as the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. Please use my cousin Pat's code my cousin Pat from Arizona. So put this into your browser, ts.la slash 
Patrick 5008, or just give, if you're talking to a, to a uh, salesperson in a Tesla store, just give them the code Patrick 5008. AbstractOcean.com has got both you and your Tesla covered, whether it's an interior, uh, an improved LED lighting kit, lanyards for you, screen protectors for the 17-inch touchscreen, etc. Check out AbstractOcean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 20% off of your order. Most of you subscribe to the podcast. If you don't subscribe and you're getting this thing manually every week, I would highly encourage you to subscribe so that it becomes an automatic process and it just downloads to you automatically each and every week from whatever your favorite podcast service is, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or if you are an RSS person, you can pick up my RSS feed on the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. All right, I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, Daisy the Boxer has definitely wrapped up for the night. She is she is out cold over there in the corner in her crate. She is absolutely down for the count, which does make sense. It's 1130 at night at this point. But uh, again, I... I really cannot thank all of you enough for continuing to give me, you know, approximately an hour, give or take, of your week each and every week. It really means a lot. People's time is their most valuable commodity. You know, you can always make more money, but you can never make more time. So that you would that you would uh, get your Tesla news and information. Uh, from me, I'm not suggesting. I'm, you probably have other sources too. Maybe you're, but or maybe I am all. Maybe I'm your one-stop shop, where uh, hopefully I'm using your time valuably to uh, to catch you up on all things Tesla. And I'm just, I take that very seriously, and I do sincerely appreciate it each and every week. Uh, so for the sleeping Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who again you can follow on Instagram, Daisy the Boxer Puppy, all one word. Uh, and me, at DMC underscore Ryan on Twitter. Check me out on there if you are if you care. You don't have to care. It's fine. It's mostly video game stuff with some Tesla stuff. And some. I guess th- at this point of the year, some baseball stuff thrown in too. Because inexplicably, my Arizona Diamondbacks had an incredible season and are in the playoffs as we speak. In fact, as I record, they've just dropped game one of the National League Division Series to the Dodgers. But... It's a five-game series. We'll see. And it is by no means over. I'm just, although I got to say, I am just happy to be here. It's classic. I like like that we're the underdog, though. That makes me happy. Anyway, uh, thank you all so, so much. Happy electric motoring. And I'll see you back here next week. And again, if you are a $10 or higher Patreon supporter of mine, keep an eye out. uh, Although I guess Patreon does email you. Keep an eye out for the monthly bonus episode which should be going up hopefully by the time you hear this. So thanks, everybody, and I'll see you next week.